because they don't understand some things. And so we are going to be looking at it and um, we bless God for the generosity of the church at this time to be able to teach us these basic things of life because these things are very important. Hallelujah. And so we, we know that this, is, this all is a series on the victorious Christian life, the victorious Christian living. And we've talked about purpose. We've talked about relationship. And so we're going to start the journey on talking about finances today. And I pray as we all study together, we'll be blessed in Jesus' name. I say we'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, we, we trivialize most of the time our environment or the information we hear growing up. I think it's under, underrated. When we talk about environment, we, we think, oh, the environment cannot do anything to me. I can be in this place and nothing will shake me. Praise God. We trivialize them. But then the majority of the decision we make now, most of them are just they are um, enforced into us. Like we, we are not really making them. They are not our decisions. They are not things you really think about before you do. You just do them because... Somebody around you has done them or all those things. You understand? So we are all wired because or by the information that we've heard over the years. Praise God. And what will still change us is information. What will still change us, what will make us better, is the and that's why we expose ourselves to the word of God. Because that is the information that cannot change. Hallelujah. I mean, science updates their stuff every time. They say today that this is this, and then they say it's no more nine planet. It's now another one. You understand what I'm trying to say? But then the word of God is essentially the same, and it's only wise for us to put our thought on the word of God, to concentrate on God's word, and to be able to draw out solutions to every of our life matters or challenges uh, as we go. And that's why we're looking at finances first. That's why I say it's foundations, because we're going to look at what God's outlook is about money and things around it. We are going to look at it from that angle first because if we are able to see that, then we can build on that based on other things we will learn. Hallelujah. So the outline for this whole journey is the foundations, which we'll be doing today. And then we'll talk about the mindset of wealth. How do you, you know, most of the time we think what creates the wealth is the energy we put in. But I tell you, the energy we put in is only about 10 to 15%. As in, they, what actually creates it, what even propels the energy, is the first, the mindset. You understand? So that mindset is more than the 80% of it. The mental part, that, that, that outlook to money, how you see money, how you know it is being made. What, some people believe that I have to eat my head on the wall before I make money. It's a mindset. You understand? So all those things, we are going to trash them and deal with them one after the other. And that's what we'll be looking at at the mindset. Then we'll look at where money hides. We are going to talk about six or seven places where money is hiding. Where you, you can go and unlock them. Just, you know, when we say something is hiding, I don't know, in Yoruba we used to do boju boju when we were young. Somebody will just hide and then every other person is looking for it. You understand? So money is also hiding in some places. And if you can know them, if, if we are looking for somebody, if you can see the leg of the person, you already found the person. You understand? So if you can know where some of these monies are hiding, then you can go and unravel. Just open them. Expose, expose the money. Hallelujah. But I can guarantee you there's a lot of money to go around in the world. So if you are not getting some, probably you don't know where they're hiding. So we're going to be talking about them, where money hides. And then we'll talk about cures for lean purses cures for lean purses. I actually got this particular term from one of these old books that I read many times ago, The Richest Man in Babylon, right? So, cure for lean purses. So, we're going to talk about that. The, 
if you are now present, okay, now we've talked about where money hide, but now I still don't have money in my pocket. So how do you cure that? How do you get yourself practical ways to get yourself out of that? You know, and then we'll talk about what should I do with money? So now that you know how to cure yourself of not having money, when you now start having money, what should you do with it? How do you keep money to make more money? How do you make money work for you? Those are the things we will talk about and then we'll conclude. Praise God. So for today, let's just go into what we have. And we are going to read this together. Can we all read this together? One, two, three, go. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will devote, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Hallelujah. So I said today we'll be talking about the foundations, and we need to start from here for, for a reason. This is a spiritual meeting. Even though we are talking about a physical entity, money is totally physical. I hope we know. Praise God. Hallelujah. Money is physical. Hope you know. All right. So money is printed in banks, in CBN of different countries, right? So they print the money. So it's physical. It's not a spiritual something. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking of the fiat money right now. Even the real money, when you, talk, when you study deeper about money, gold and all, they are all physical. They are on the earth, but they are physical. But then, this is a spiritual gathering, and we need to look at it from the spectacles of the spiritual. Hallelujah. And that's why we're starting from here. Verse 24, which is what I want to use, actually. says, no one can serve two masters. It's either you hate one or love the other, or you are devoted to one. You cannot serve God and mammon and money. So uh, you want to wonder why did the Bible, why did Jesus say you cannot serve God and money? Because it's very important you know that. Now, money is one of the things, in fact, it's the number one thing of those things that can rank, that can bring themselves up in your heart to the place of God. He wants to make you feel that he can do all things. You know, the characteristics of God, those are the characteristics that you begin to give to money when money has become your God. You understand? Say, oh, what I need the most right now is money. After money is money. After money is money. You don't understand. You are allowing money to do something to you. And if you don't understand these things, you would actually be tilting towards destruction, towards what is wrong. Now, it doesn't mean money itself is evil. But when you make money your God, it becomes evil. Because it does not know how to lead. Praise God. Money does not know how to lead. Money does not have feelings. Money does not have love of man in his heart. <laughs> you understand? So that is why you have to look at the other one, which is the most important one as believers, and that is God. So Jesus Christ is saying you can't serve God and money. You have to understand that reality. And that is where we need to start from. That's the foundation that is important that we need to lay. Because I will be telling you how to make money now and then. It's possible for you to shift. Some of you who have been coming, for example, because of money, maybe because you don't have money, Maybe when you start having money, you just go away. You probably will not come to church. Praise God. So it's very, very important. Jesus Christ is saying that you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. This is important. And you need to 
put it in your heart. Consciously tell yourself, I cannot allow money to rule me or, or you know, be the boss over me. This is very important. All right. So we'll talk about what is your greatest treasure. So from that scripture, I want to draw out this question to you. What is your, you as a person right now, what is your greatest treasure? What is your greatest treasure? I mean, it's easy to say, well, my greatest treasure is God or his family. It's easy to say that, right? But when you begin to look deeper into your life, you discover that that's not true. Because you, we can only falsify your speech by your action. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the physical realm, we relate with things with the eyes, with the ears, with the skin, with the senses, basically. So when you tell me this and you are doing that as a scientist, I will say, no, it is wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now I'm going to ask you again, what is your greatest treasure? Why are you living? And I said it here that I want you to think deeply and tell yourself the truth right now, before now and after now. What do you consider your greatest treasure? You as a person. Your greatest treasure is what you use everything else to look for. Please, I want you to note this definition. What you use everything else to look for is your greatest treasure. So some people are here not because they want God, but because they want to use God to look for something else. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if we don't sort this, it's going to be a, a serious challenge. What is your greatest treasure? What are you look, looking for, really? It is what you use everything else to serve or please. So you can either be serving something else with God. You say, let God just give me this so that I go away. Or you want to please something. You need to get something, a status, a, a wealth, physical wealth and all, right? And then it is also what you can give for everything else. Uh, it, it's what you can give everything else for, sorry. You can give every other thing for it. That is your greatest treasure. So I ask you the question again. Tell yourself the truth. What is your greatest treasure? Hallelujah. What do you desire the most? What is on the top of the list of your life? Pastor Chidi was telling us one time that he asked somebody, that I don't know how he coined the question, but basically, I'll paraphrase it. He was asking the person, what is important to you? And so the person is saying this and saying that, and you know, he now told the person, that have you, do you remember you've not even mentioned God? Praise God. So it's possible you right now, you can even say God. Maybe you say, oh, what's your greatest? You've, you've crammed it. It's a memory verse for you. So it's easy for you to just say it. But look at your life. What are you truly looking for? What are you, why, why are you coming to church? Hallelujah. And this is why we've had so many money-driven believers in Africa, for example, Right? People are coming to church because of the kind of message we preach in church. God will do this to you. God will do that for you. And so people run to church because of that. And they get to church and they are looking for that thing. In the real sense, they are not saved. They don't even know. You ask them, what does it mean to be saved? They don't know. Hallelujah. Because money has painted itself as the need for them. That the only thing they need is money. And I tell you the truth. The only thing you need is not money. If you are going to need just one, that's God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hmm. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. All right, there, can, there can't be two greatest, I wrote here. 
Treasure has a special connection to your heart. The place of desire and longing. That's what our heart is. Our heart is the place of desire and longing, the place of will and focus. Right? And so your treasure is connected to that. Your heart is connected to one treasure. And you need to define what that treasure is. And as a believer, if it is not God, then you are getting something wrong. Hallelujah. For some people, it's career. They want to reach the peak of their career. They want to just get there. They think if they can get to the peak of their career, they are going to be respected all over the world. <laughs> some people, it's money. You understand? You ask them, how much do you even want to make? They say, I don't know. I just want to keep making money. <laughs> Praise God. What is your own greatest treasure? We must, be on, we must not be unwise to make the greatest treasure material. Because material is temporal. And a man's life is not contained in that, in that thing that is material. Let's look at the scriptures. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. It says, speaking to the people, I'm, I'm using the message translation. Speaking to the people, he went on. Take care, protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Hallelujah. I love this translation because of this addendum, even when you have a lot. And because when you read it from King James, it says in the, in the abundance of the things it possess. Now, what he's saying there is that even when you have plenty things, your life is not defined by that. So God is not against you having plenty things. Do we get that? But God is against you making your own treasure. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are we here? So I said today we are laying foundation. So you have to follow because this is important. Hallelujah. All right, so what is God's will? That our greatest treasure be Christ in us. Can you say to yourself, say, God's will is that my greatest treasure be Christ in me. So if Christ in you is your greatest treasure, it's going to show in your life. I said it earlier. It drives your life. It drives everything you do. The reason why you are doing everything is because of Christ in you. Hallelujah. I remember a time ago we were confessing, we were saying that the gospel is the reason for everything. Why am I going to school? The gospel. Why am I trying to read and understand? The gospel. You know, I've been in, in I, I know that Pastor Costin and Pastor Victor are probably coming from a, from a conference today, right? Okay, because they came in together. Uh, I've, I've also been in a conference online, like, since money. Why? The gospel. I want to know this thing because of positioning myself better to be able to preach the gospel. Praise God. Are you getting what we are talking about? So, God wills that your greatest treasure will be the gospel. Will be Christ in you. Which is the hope of glory. Will be Christ in you. Hallelujah. This is what gives us something eternal to enjoy and look forward to. Not just to enjoy it now, but to even look forward to it. Hallelujah. We have, made, we have been made rich in Christ and this is more than enough. We should align our heart always to this true wealth. This is more than enough. I love that song, Jire, you are enough, right? This is more than enough. And we have to align our heart to this before we start looking for other things. Hallelujah. All right, learn to trust God. This is God. We're talking about God's will, right? Learn to, God's will is that you learn to trust God and allow God's word to shape you. It's God's will that you learn to trust him and allow his word to shape you. Do you trust God with all your heart? I ask you that question. I, I, some of these questions, I want you to go and think about them because it's very important. How do you know you trust God with all your heart? 
when you are going through things, what comes to your mind first? You see that? Let's read um, Jeremiah 17 and verse 7 to 9 qu- um, together. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the waters that sent out its root by the stream. It does not fear when it comes. It leaves are always green. It has no worry in a year of drought and never fail to bear fruit. That's the man who trusts God. Who wants to be like that man who trusts God? I want to be like that man. Hallelujah. He says his, with, his leaves does not wither. Praise God. Say so God blesses us. Now, when you trust God, you are blessed without sorrows. The Bible says it is the blessing of God. I mean, God blesses us, giving us blessings without sorrow, right? The, the blessing of God make it rich without adding sorrow. Do we understand? So God blesses us when we trust him without sorrow. And I don't want to go into that because we have a lot of things to look at today. But God will bless you when you will not have sorrow. Have you seen a lot of people being blessed with plenty of sorrows? If you have not, you need to go and look forward to look very well. A lot of people have plenty of money, eh? but plenty of sorrow also. Do you understand? But there is a blessing that added no sorrow. There is a blessing that added no sorrow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Genuine interest in God's kingdom is God's will for you. That you are truly interested in his kingdom. A place where God is the alpha, the Lord, the leader, and the omega. That's his kingdom. Where God is ruling and, and reigning. Where God is the one calling the shot. Do you understand that? Where you are not the one calling the shot, but God is the one calling the shot. That our understanding of this leads us to a place of contentment. It is God's will that our understanding of these things we've mentioned will lead us to a place of contentment. Contentment allows us to trust God with our needs and not our own ingenuity. Praise God. Now, we're going to learn ingenuity. We're going to learn discretion. We're going to learn to be diligent and many things we'll mention, right? But then, contentment is us trusting God, even though we have so many other things. I don't know if, if we understand what I'm trying to say. Contentment is you trusting God even though you are the best student in your class. Contentment is you trusting God even though you have you are probably on full list as the wealthiest person. If you are, let's say you were able to achieve that. That's not your joy. That's not what you carry around. It is your hope and trust in God. Hallelujah. So let's think about these things. Like we just want to talk about because this is, these are the foundations, right? Our understanding of what drives the, our, our understanding is what drives our direction. Now, these ones, I, I, I initially put it as my contemplations, but I say, let me remove it because I just want us to look at this because this is very important. If you can understand this, you are going to first, you are going to break the, the foundational barrier of a good life. Praise God. You understand that? So our understanding is what drives the direction and the experience of our life. Our understanding does not just drive our life, the direction. It also drives the experience, how we feel in that life. So how you understand the world determines your experience in the world. Praise God. Yeah. So human beings, human being is tripartite. And what that means is just that we are, we are composing of the spirit, soul, and the body. So if you first understand this, I mean, do we all agree to this? Do we agree? Are we on the same page? I'm only hearing. Do we agree? All right. Praise God. Okay. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, so now each of these parts have their experiences and they are connected. In that, that's what makes you a man. They, they all have their experiences, and I will explain what I mean by that. The spiritual or the spirit has its experience, the mental or the mind or the soul has its experience, and the body has its experience. And if you understand this, it will help you, really. Because this is what many people don't understand. They are believers, so they love the Lord, but they are, they are living in abject poverty. You understand? Because they don't understand this. So each of these parts of our being that make up color ideas, they have their experiences. All right? So the spirit, for example, can be poor and dead. Yet the body is flourishing. Do you know that? Just like we see, I wrote it there, just like we see in, I'll say, the spirit can be poor and dead, and we have a man, as we have in a man who has not been made alive in Christ. So a man may not be a believer. His spirit is dead. He's just there. But then, his body is the richest man on earth. Or he's the richest man in Nondo State or in Nigeria, whatever, wherever, please. Praise God. You understand? So also, the spirit can be rich and alive and flourishing as we have with a man in Christ. So either that man is living in the back of the back of the slums. Pastor Imao was teaching us about the slums, right? Even if that man is living in the slums, he doesn't even have food to eat every day, just like Lazarus in the Bible. His spirit is active and rich and alive. Praise God. So also, the mind can be wretched and wearied. Right? Just like it can be wealthy and vibrant. So you can, you can be a believer, but then you have a mind that is not functioning. It's just there. That's why we have people who are depressed. Their mind is tired. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not their spirit that is tired if they are believers, but their mind is tired. Why? Because they don't renew their mind. They don't give what the mind needs. Praise God. So also, the body can be pale, sick. Okay, I said, um, just like the mind can be wealthy and vibrant. So there are two sides, right? And then also the body. The body can be pale, sick, and poor, but it can also be bloomy, vibrant, and rich. Amen. So, I mean, you can be somebody here right now, and the first part, the spirit, is active. Definitely, if you are here and you are born again, you are, your spirit is active and alive and wealthy. Hallelujah. But then you can be as wealthy as that in your spirit, but then your body is pale and down, and your mind is just there. Now, if you have this understanding, then you can build on some of the other things we want to say. Because this is very important. We have many people come to church who are sound spiritually. Hey, they can quote Bible. They don't just know how to quote Bible. They are also living Bible. Hallelujah. In some aspect. Because if you are truly living the whole Bible, you would have answers to your mind and your body. And that's some of the things we'll talk about. Hallelujah. All right. So. Please, I hope you are following. Please, this is very important. The foundation, like, that's why I call it the foundation, because it's very, very important in every other thing we'll talk about. Right. So, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical experiences of a man can be connected in experience. Now, you know, we said the other time they are, they are connected. But they, can be, they are connected because we are human beings, and we have all three. But they are connected, but they may not be connected in experience. Just like we've said. But you can still connect them in experience also, not just in essence. Do we understand? In essence, they are connected, but in experience, they may not be connected, depending on the person. Now, in that, we can allow the prosperity of one 
part to impact the other or the weakness of one part to impact the other. So you can allow the prosperity of your soul to impact on your body. You can allow the prosperity of your spirit. And this is where being a believer is sweet. Because now, one of it has been sorted for us. It is the gift of God. So I can, I can bring, I can draw from the prosperity of my spirit. Hallelujah. And this is why I can rejoice forevermore. All right. But it is also possible to exclude one from experiences either good or not so good of the other. So just like the experiences of our spirit is amazing and beautiful, it's connected with God, we can exclude our mind and our body from that experience. You have the ability. Just like you have the ability to bring that experience into your body and your spirit and your mind. And that's what I am, I'm, I'm calling us to do today. There's a wealth in your spirit. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God. I mean, I think that should, that should make somebody excited. That there is a wealth. Oh, glory. To, in your spirit. You are wealthy. The spirit which, the, which is the real man is the target of the gospel of Christ. Yeah? That is the beneficiary of the works of God in redemption. Your spirit is the target and is the beneficiary of God's work in redemption. The bulk of our wealth as a believer is spiritual and eternal. Do you see that? It's spiritual and is eternal. They are God's work, God's gift, and they are unchanging. Hallelujah. The scriptures are clear about what God has done for us in Christ. That's, we're talking about our spirit, man. Amen. And how this can impact on our physical realities, if we pay attention on them. The scriptures are also loud with counsels on how to live and be able to get the best of our experiences in the other realms from that of the spirit. Praise God. Yes. So, in the physical, we can showcase what has happened in the spiritual and in the mental for others to see, feel, and relate. What happens to you in the, in the spiritual other people will not see it. Only you know it. You know it by revelation knowledge in the word. So when you got born again, you know it. You understand. And it's written for you in the scriptures. But another person who does not go to church, who does not have those understanding, cannot know them. So it's only in the physical, the way you live, the way you think and do things, that will show that person who you are or what you are. Amen. It's very important we understand these things, right? Okay. Um, right now, for everyone who is a believer... We are wealthy, we are rich, and we have abundance. We are abundantly blessed, all right? So we are all different right now based on how much we know and the beautiful state, how much we know of the beautiful state of our spirit and how much we have accepted and allowed that to impact on the other aspect of our lives. What differentiates us right now is not our state spiritually, especially for everyone who is saved. Somebody may be here who is not saved, I mean, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about somebody who is saved. Everybody who is saved right now here, we are all wealthy. So that does not differentiate us. What differentiates us is how much we know of that state of our wealth. And how much we allow that to impact our other aspect of life. Hallelujah. Now we need to mention that all the three parts of the human life are important. Because, for example, everything that we have in our spirit is communicated first through our mind. I mean, as I'm talking to you now, 
even though I'm talking to your spirit, you are receiving it by your by the faculties of your mind and the body. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are we are we following? Now, because this is very important, you are understanding it by the faculty. And if I want to communicate the reality of my spirit also to another person, I will only communicate it by the faculty of my mind and my body. My mouth, my intellect, <laughs> they are the faculties of my mind. And so I will communicate them through that also. So, because of that, our mind is also important. Our soul and our body is important. So I'm not saying it's only your spirit that is important. I just needed to clear that. And so, that is why we also need to nourish and care for the body. Okay, um, I missed something. This is why it is important to train and educate our mind. For the mind to be educated, it needs information. It is also why we need to nourish and care for our bodies. Because all that we do in this earth realm can only be done when we are still in this body. Amen. Please, are we following? Are we following? I'm going somewhere. It's very important, please. We need to, we need to um, nourish our body. So to keep this body, so this body needs to stay active and awake and healthy for all these things to happen and keep happening. Everything that has happened in our spirit, for us to be able to communicate them to unbelievers, to people who need them, we have to be healthy in the body. We have to really be active, yeah, right? It's very important. And our mind needs to be active also so that we will not be saying nonsense. I mean, you can have something that you know in your spirit, but then if your mind is not right, that's when we say somebody is mad. The person does not know what he's saying. Praise God. You understand what I'm saying? So your mind needs to be active and fine. Your body needs to be active and fine. And for that to happen, you have to take care of the body. This information need of the mind and the physical need of the body will lead us to how we get to have them. How do we get the information that is needed of the mind? How do we get the need, the physical needs of the body? How? How do you get them? It does, it's not abracadabra. <laughs> you understand? It does not just appear. Do you understand what we're saying? This information need of the mind, how do we, how, we, how we need to have them? So how do we have them? And probably have the best of them. How do you get them and get the best of them? How do you get the best of information? How do you get the best of the physical needs? Right? You get them by what? They are physical. We need to make them ourselves or get them from people who make them. Do you get that? So all this, we are, we are bringing it down to this place right now. For your mind to be beautiful and sound, you need information. Now, where do you get that information? You pay school. You pay thousands of dollars for the school to teach you. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So what does the teach, uh, school teach you, uh, teach you? School will teach you how to think logically, how to be coherent. School will teach you how to analyze. You understand? School will teach you how to... You understand what I'm saying, right? It's very important. Now, there's going to be a difference between you who is being trained in information and another believer who did not go to school at all. There has to be a different difference. Now, what is the difference? The information that you paid for. The same thing, your physical body, you are wearing... You people are not coming to church naked now. You are wearing clothes. So is it that you made the clothes yourself or you bought it from somebody? Hallelujah. So I said they are physical. Is that you make them yourself or you buy it from people who make them? Hence, the invention of another physical important entity. And that is money. Because if we want to buy it, if we want to, there has been a lot of things that happened over the years on how we get value from the other person. They're straight by butter. So I, I give you what I can do. You give me what you can do. And then we all enjoy it. You understand? But over the years, 
we discover that there are some times I don't need what you can do, but you need what I can do. So if I give you what I can do, and you don't give me anything, then I will be lacking. So why not give me something that I can hold and use when I need something? You understand? So we have to create what we call money. So we have to agree. There has to be an agreement. So this metal looks different from stone, normal stone. It is called gold. Let's make gold the standard. So gold in U.S. is gold in Nigeria. So anywhere you go to, let me give you gold, give me your value. Do you understand? And later we discover gold is too heavy. I mean, how many of you are carrying gold in your bag right now? It's heavy. Imagine you want to carry some character of gold. And then you have to, because you don't need it right now in Cyprus, but you will need it in Nigeria, so you have to carry it again. Go to Nigeria, and then you have to carry it. So they have to say, okay, this gold thing is too heavy. Can we agree again? So they have to make gold a standard for a particular currency. Do you understand? I mean, those are just the evolution that has happened to money. So money had to be created, and that's why we are talking about money today. For you to be able to buy the best of information for your mind, and for you to be able to buy the best of physical need for your body, you need money. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is very important, right? And, but what is much more important is understanding the movement we we've made. Okay. All right. So let's talk about money a little. Just a little. Right. Money touches every part of our human existence. Do you agree? I think we've underrated money to an extent, and we've overrated it to an extent. You understand? Sometimes you see some people say, ah, forget money. Okay, I don't forget money. Oh. <laughs> Praise God. Because money touches almost every part of our human existence. If you are not with money, for example, right now, and your wife and your children need to eat food, and you don't have money, where you are going to pray? Libratos. You understand? That is touching your activities that are spiritual. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't have money or you've not eaten, you've not done anything to give you physical energy, and you have some conferences and some, and then you carry book in your front like this to develop your mind. As you open, the book will be saying, be reading me. You understand what I'm saying? So money literally touches different parts of our lives. It touches the physical, obviously. You are wearing clothes. I'm using clothes as an example because you are wearing clothes. You are wearing shoes. You are wearing wristwatch. We gather all these things now. We know how much we make. Yeah, you understand what I'm trying to say? So you use money to buy them. And so it's very, very important. We, we have to know. Now, because it touches every part of our human experience, it then becomes easy to confuse it as a God. But it is not a God. Hallelujah. This is very important for us to know. Money is neutral. That's another important point. You know, money is neutral. I'm going to read this. We must see it as a tool. It is neither a reward for spirituality nor a punishment for godlessness. Amen? Now, this is very important. Please, I want you to note these things I'm saying because this is very important. You know, there's a way some people, some of us have been trained. We get angry when unbelievers have money as if money is a reward for spirituality. Money is not a reward for spirituality. Money is not a punishment for godlessness. If you are spiritual or not, you can have money if you know how to get it. So the reason why Jesus Christ came to die is not because of money. Amen? 
And I, I love one of our, our, our leaders those years. He said, if Christ died because of money, he must have died in vain. Do you know that? He, he must have died in vain because there are so many folks who have a lot of money, they don't even know Christ. They don't even give a thought about Jesus. Do you understand what we're saying? So money is not a reward for spirituality. So stop being entitled to money. Know what you need to do to get it. Don't st stop saying, hey, uh, uh, I, I, for, for what? Why should you have money? Why? Did you work? Did you do something that will make money come to you? This is very important. Yeah. So, so you have to stop thinking that God will remove money from people's accounts and just put it in your account. You know, you understand all those things now. <laughs> because they are not going to church and you, you are going to church. Or money will miraculously appear in your account because you are serious about church. It is the order of money that impacts morality to it because it's neutral. So either money will do good or evil is depending on the person who has the money. Amen? All right. So um, the intent of the one who is looking to make it to can impact morality to it. Not just what he's doing now, but the intention of you when you are trying to look for money can also impact morality, either good or evil to the money. Do you understand? All right, so money can be exploited for evil ends, but it can also be leveraged for good. Hallelujah. I can leverage money for good. If, if money enter my hand right now, oh, glory. You know, Pastor Costin has a book. You know, in the book, he has so many things he wants to do with, you know, when some bigger money enter. For example, he wants to go to um, John C. Maxwell leadership training, and that is nothing short than $5,000. See, I said dollars. Hallelujah. <laughs> but then, is it a good thing to go to John C. Maxwell's training? Yes, it is. You get connection. You get to learn new things. You get to meet with John C. Maxwell. You get to impact nations. You get to have it in your CV. So many good things attached to it, right? But you need money for that. And you can do, money can be used if he has that kind of money right now. He has something good he wants to do. But somebody else is thinking, ah, if $5,000 enter my house, my hand like this, ah, 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 I'm going to the village. So, bro, what do you want to go and do in the village? I must show them. Do you understand what we're talking about? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as a matter of fact, it is what we use to exchange for, the, for value and goods and services that we use. Or give out. Uh, let me just go on. Money is a good thing. Money in the hands of a righteous man is a great tool. Loving God also means developing proper attitude to money. Hallelujah. Do, do we understand that? Loving God means you are developing proper attitude to money. And as part of the foundation, we are going to talk about some terms. Some terms. Uh, these, these terms are very important because if you don't understand them, you will not understand how to relate with money as a believer. Amen. I will follow him. All right, so the first one is materialism. What is materialism? Please, you can read all those scriptures later. Or let's just read one of them, Proverbs 11.28. Anybody can read for us Proverbs 11.28. All right. He that trusted in riches shall fall, but the righteous shall what? Flourish as a branch. If you trust in riches. So materialism is idolatry. It's trusting in riches. 
we are going to talk about different terms, and the first of them is materialism. Is when you trust in riches, when you have idolized wealth or money, that's what materialism is. It is having the love of things. When the love of things is in your heart, that is materialism. There was this um, broadcast when I was in the university of loving people and using things. Now, that's how God designed it. And then they told of a story of a man who has a child, a baby, a young child of two years old. I mean, what does a two-year-old know? He doesn't know so much. He knows some things, right? But he doesn't know so much, right? So this boy doesn't know, and he just, I mean, the dad has a car, a new car. And the boy now took stone, and he wrote on the car. He was writing something on the car. So when the man saw it from afar, he ran with a wretch in his hand, a stick. He didn't know he's forgotten that this is a stick. He just beat the boy anyhow. And the boy was crying. He, he had even forgotten that he was using a stick. You know some people can be that funny. He didn't even know what he was using to beat that child until the child was quiet. You know when they say in Yoruba, they say, oh, dake. It means he's dead. <laughs> so the child, as I said it in English, that he was quiet. That is, he could not cry again. So he had to, I mean, his, his mind resuscitated that, ah, I'm doing something wrong. So he carried the child, ah, baby, baby. The baby did not respond. So he had to take the baby to church and to the, the hospital. So they resuscitated him, but then they had to do so many procedures and all. So the, the, the man went to meet the baby in the hospital following the not happy with himself, angry that what is wrong with him? Why would he do this to his child? So when he was going out and he was just kicking the car, like, why would you make me do that to my baby? So he now saw what the baby wrote. The baby wrote, I love you, dad. The baby, the baby is just expressing his love. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but then the baby does not know that I shouldn't express it this way. But then here is the man. He just, I mean, when the man saw that, he just busted into some, some level. You know, there are levels in Christ. So he busted into another level. And I mean, that story is just trying to tell us that we should not be so carried away with things that we forget to love people. And that's materialism. When you, when you exalt things too much that they, they become too big, too serious for you, right? God wants us to own and become owners of things, but God doesn't want anything to own us. Do we get that? God doesn't want anything to own me. God wants me to have a lot of things, but then he doesn't want any of those things to own me. Hallelujah. This is very important. Amen? When things begin to own us, that is where materialism begins to creep in. God doesn't want things to rule over us. So what is materialism? When you care more about appearing as though you have money. That's materialism. Do we get that? When you care so much about, you just want to appear. Let people think I am wealthy. You, you may be wealthy, you may not be wealthy. That's not our conversation. But in your head, I want people to know, say, that's materialism. What is materialism, you may ask again. It is living above your means. Amen? Amen. We'll still talk about this later on, so let me not talk so much on it. What is materialism? Buying things to make others feel small. Or to make you feel big. That's materialism. So when you are buying something, ah, let me buy this one so that it can know I'm bigger. You know, <laughs> amen. So when I was on this island, we've seen things, right? 
me, I'm, I'm, the, I'm a master of auto stop. Do you know auto stop? Do you guys do auto stop? Okay, maybe you can mention a place on this island I've not done auto auto stop to. I've done auto stop to. I've done auto stop from the airport to to Goyeli. <laughs> no, seriously, I was coming from Turkey. I didn't have any money on me, cash, and I needed to get to Goyeli anyways. And I don't have internet. I did auto stop, and they carried me. They brought me to Goyeli. Me, me, I just believe that every good thing is mine. You understand? It's just my own belief. So. It, it, it may be different for you about auto stop. Some people don't like auto stop because of how it makes them feel. Me, I don't care that I have to wait for some minutes to get it. Even when they are passing, I'll just be laughing. Oh, this one did not wait for me. You know, that's that's how good I am with auto stop. So one of those days, I did auto stop, and and a guy carried me, a, a Yahoo boy. So he carried me, and we were just going, we we're going, we we're going, and one guy just overtake the guy. Oh boy, I just see another side of this guy. He just, he just. He just accelerated the car. That guy cannot be thinking as if his car is bigger than my car. Hey? I, said, <laughs> I mean, that was what he said. You know, my, the, problem, the problem is not that. The problem is not that he has car. The problem is that, you know, his car is actually big. He's, um, he's a, I think he's a um, um, Benz. He's a very nice car, very cool car, right? But this guy is not even competing with you. He's just probably rushing somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So, if you are buying things because you want others to feel small or feel, you want to make yourself feel big, is materialism. Deriving a sense of esteem and value from material things or the external things is materialism. So, what is materialism? When everything you do or want to do is about money and material reward. When you tell somebody, come to church, you say, are they, are they distributing money there? Are they gifting money? When everything you do or you want to do is driven just because of money. There are so many things we can do that doesn't have to bring money. Do you know having a family is a liability? Having a family is, you are spending money. It's not an investment. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different kind of investment. You understand what I'm trying to say? Praise God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But then, if you are just all about money, you are not going to do it. You get. Having a baby is a lot of money. So if you just want to make money for yourself, you're not going to do it. So when all, the only motivation you have to do some or anything is money and material reward, then you are materialistic. Being materialistic is what gives birth to greed, covetousness, and all manners of sins. Hallelujah. Never ever forget that you are made in God's image with infinite value, dignity, and worth. And our value is far beyond material, but in his image. And that is where God wants us to derive our esteem. That's materialism. Then I, I'm just going to talk about ownership. I think I'll stop here because of time. Yeah, because we, we need to talk about some of these terms so that we can understand the other things we we're talking about. Ownership. Now, we've talked about materialism. But then, does that mean God doesn't want us to own things? No. Amen? God is interested in you having things. Hallelujah. So, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18 says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That means you can have something. You can own something. Getting wealth means you have something. Hallelujah. He's talking about physical wealth here. Do we understand that? That he may confirm his covenant that he swore with your father as it is in the day. So, God is not against ownership. God is not against you having a nice car, a nice house, going to... Um, um, John Maxwell's training. 
God is not against you being a PhD holder. It's very important because this is an error some people enter into. They don't want to, they are minimalist in that sense, right? You know, there's a church in Nigeria, they wear slippers. You don't know it. Uh, it's in Elisha. It's in Elisha. It's in Elisha. <laughs> you know, they, they cannot wear nice shoes. They cannot wear anything. You understand what I'm saying? And I remember when I was growing up, I grew up in a very conservative church. And in my church, by God's grace, we don't use earrings. Our ladies don't use earrings. Our by God's grace, our ladies don't wear makeup or anything here. You understand what I'm saying? So one of those years when I was growing up, um, one of my bosses was now asking me, he said, do you use this watch? I said, yes, we used to this watch. He said, you people are hypocrites. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I said, what is he saying? You understand what I'm trying to say? So people just believe that, oh, this, this. And if you read Colossians, Paul is saying that if you have an understanding about who you are in Christ, why are you still yielding yourself to all these laws? Don't, don't you, don't talk. In Yoruba, this, don't don't defecate, don't urinate, don't touch. You understand what I'm saying? All this don't 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 don't. If you check the law, it's all about thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But then if you check the new 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 creation, it is I have done this in you. Hallelujah! Isn't that interesting? Do you get what we are saying? So God is not saying don't have this, don't have that. You know, don't eat this, don't eat that. You can if you have the money. Come on, why not? But don't forget what we said earlier about materialism. Your drive for them should not be those ones. Praise God. God wants us to enjoy every good things that we can afford. We can enhance our ability to be able to afford more. So whatever you're affording now, you can enhance your ability to afford more. Because it's God's will for you to enjoy good things. Hallelujah. Okay? We can use ownership to create more for others and for ourselves. Anything you have, you can use it to create more for others. It's very important. It is safe to see ownership as stewardship, right? Because everything we own a gift or is a gift from God. So when you can see it as a gift from God, then you use them judiciously. Just like Pastor Victor was telling us, our relationship, our children are gifts from God. It's not for your own, for you to make a name on the earth. So my money, my wealth, my car, my laptop, my intellect, they are gifts from God. It's not for me to make a name. It's for me to bless and honor God and bless and honor others. Hallelujah. This is very important. So what should, we, what should we do with what we own as a person or as an individual, as believers? We should do good and share with people. And lastly, for this slide, and we're going to just stop there, we should honor God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so these are just some of the foundations, and we'll talk more about other things um, when we continue next week. It's not moving. Okay. So we'll talk about debt. We'll talk about debt. We'll talk about giving. We'll talk because these are just foundations. Then we'll now go and talk about um, money. If you have gained one or two things today, I just want you to bow your heads and say, Lord, I thank you. Please don't miss next week. Let's just bless God and say, Father, help me. Help me to, to see it correctly. That I may be able to see things correctly. That my eyes may be open to them. That I may be able to talk um, and, and see them correctly. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, help me. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Please, I want to encourage you. If you have people 